You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on BingeMedia.net. And now, a TV Roundup Commentary. OG Zombie! Welcome to Binge Media's TV Roundup Commentary for House of the Dragon, Episode 9 of the first season, The Green Council, or as we like to call it, The Steely Dan of the first season. I'm Alex Sincere, and I'm here with returning host, Mr. Jack Valley. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, yo, buddy. yo, yo. Very exciting. Very exciting episode. Very excited to get down with this. Yes, we refrained from talking shit in our text message mm. thread about this mm. episode. Let's get right down to it. We are all queued up in our file to after the intro song, the theme song, and we're about how many seconds in? We're at a minute 44. Minute 44. So this is after the HBO singer. This is after the theme song. Going to count down three, two, one, and then on go. We're going to hit play. So let's do it. Three, two, one, go. And we're in. Um, okay, so so initial initial thoughts right away. Mm-hmm. Have to say it. I'm going to harp on this again. Beginning of this episode is very dark. Like oppressively almost impossible to see level of dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to fucking fix this shit before next season. It's, I don't want to hear that it's a stylistic choice. I don't want to hear it's the fucking direction. Fuck you. Light your goddamn sets, please. It's please. almost like, it's like anti-TV. A little bit. <laughs> it's, a, it's hipster TV. You know, what we're really like, going for is not being able to see it at all. Okay. The whole idea is like the feeling that you get so that you're like the characters. Do you get it, bro? Fuck you. This episode in particular has a different tone for me. It seems mm. very soap opera-ish. Mm. So I just re- recorded the episode seven commentary for uh, the show with Nate Peterson. Mm. Okay. And yeah. the one thing that we were talking about was how it, it, the difference between Game of Thrones in hot D and a lot of it, a lot of the the criticism that he brought up, he thinks is that game of hot D will never be what game of Thrones was because game of Thrones had a very distinct, uh, we're rooting for these people. We don't like these people kind of situation. Yeah. And here it's, it's more muted. And maybe that's part of it is like, you could find yourself rooting for somebody who may stereotypically come off as like the bad part of the interaction. And I think at that point it just becomes more dramatic and more daytime soap opera. Uh, And not, you know, that that has a negative connotation, but um, I think you really, really see that in this episode. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point. You know, Game of Thrones establishes good guy, bad guy right away. And then I think, that story does a lot to subvert what, what that means um, mm-hmm. for a lot of those characters, you know, mm-hmm. um, obviously some of them still say, stay bastards throughout and some of them stay uh, fairly pure good uh, with some, you know, shades of like moral ambiguity. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I feel like this show is a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, um, Soap opera ish is 
is an interesting angle. It's almost like a chamber piece, this show, in a way. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's it feels more like a tale like like how do I explain this? I think I said this before, like almost like a fairy tale is being told mm-hmm. in a way. Um whereas with Thrones it felt a little more I don't know, real. Maybe that has to do with the time jumps. Maybe that has to do with the fact that there are so many more dragons here too. Um, mm-hmm. But there's something about this that's it's it's not a bigger story. It, it, it well, it's intentionally it's a smaller story, right? I, I mean, yeah. So far, at least it has been. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's almost like. Um... You know, maybe they are taking that like that kind of tone from the source material here where the story's being told, right? Like uh yeah. it, it's a retelling of everything that's happened. Mm. So maybe that's coming across. Yeah. And, I, you know, I like suppose. you said with Thrones, it it almost seemed like we're in the mix, right? Like in real time. So, interesting little detail here. So, we've been trying to figure out what's the deal with the uh, the stones and, you know, the council. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tillon Lannister shows, or Tylan Lannister shows up and the ball gets rolled to him, so he didn't have it on him. So, yeah, still wondering what's up with the balls, dude. Well, he got uh, promoted, right? Here's your ball. <laughs> <laughs> we'll spot you this one time, but next time you fuck. And you know he was just like, "I'm a Lannister. I'll make it out of gold." It's like, of shut up. This is great to see where the the small council. So they're hearing this for the first time that the king's dead, right. and see their immediate thoughts of. Like, what should happen as far as succession goes? It's pretty interesting, because they all have kind of different ideas. Also interesting how all this gets played, and like, I don't know, whether or not Allison is actually happy with her decision here. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this episode almost kind of makes the argument that maybe she she regrets uh, saying what she said um, on a certain level. I don't know. You get the sense that she knows who her son is a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is treason at the least. It is your time, The king was Oh, this shit's brutal. I mean, it's one thing to get a, a knife or sword jabbed through your face, but like to be slammed onto a table so hard that a a round stone ball impales the side of your head. <laughs> Fuck. I kind of half expected the camera to cut oh. to Sir Kristen right here and he, him just mm. to shrug his shoulders like look he's a fucking old man I don't know my own strength he's super light I just love that Sir Kristen has this this just get out of jail free card for whatever the fuck he ever wants to do yeah for sure like mur- murders a dude at a party Allison takes his side he's all set you know fucks mm-hmm. around seems like he never finds out you know Now, who is the uh, who is this other King's Guard? I, I, I can't remember if we've gotten his name yet. I don't think we have, but he is the Lord Commander. I want to check him out because 
Fucking boss line right here. Yeah. So good. Oh, the guy that we thought this guy looked like, the comedian, I think his name is Roy Wood. Roy Wood, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that popped into my head the other day. Yeah, that's, that's a fucking that's guy, a... man. And fucking Tylen Lannister could be either a brother or a cousin of Boromir and Faramir, for sure. He's oh, a long-lost cousin somehow. He's got the, uh, he's definitely got the nose for it. Tyramir. <laughs> a chance for Tyramir of Gondor to show his quality. <laughs> he is Sir, let's see, where is he at? Sir Harold Westerling. That's mm. his name. The Westerlings are... They come from Game of Thrones. They're they're in Game of Thrones. That is the person that winds up marrying Rob when he's king, which oh, okay. causes the whole red wedding. They're an old house. So side character uh, goes out like a boss here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? If 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 I have a favorite, like kind of. Side character from the season kind of gets in, gets out, uh, becomes a, uh, I don't know, not a favorite of mine, but just like a character I'll remember. I think I'm going to remember this guy. Uh, I like the actor too, so I, I kind of know him from some other stuff. But Dude, Lord Commander? Yeah. Graham McTavish? Graham McTavish. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. uh, Saint the Killers in Preacher. He, oh God, I think I said this on a previous show. He was He's in this like, fucking bbc pink floyd documentary that i saw years ago yep. he's like the narrator of it oh shit um, he was in the witcher oh there you go witcher, but he, 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 castlevania similar uh, oh okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. similar level of impact for me that uh serial pharrell did in season one thrones mm-hmm. fucking boss very reminiscent and now, you know, when I was talking with Nate, no and here. we've mentioned this too, how the show was doing a lot of parallels episode to episode for the first season of Game of Thrones. Okay. And yep. this is very much paralleled when Joffrey assumes the king, the kingship, <clears throat> and they give Sir Barristan Selmy, who Barristan the Bold, mm. fucking Lord Commander yes. then. They give him like his walking papers, and he's just like, "Wait, what?" I, you know, and this is a guy who's been—he was knighted at like fifteen or something like that. Right. Wrote an attorney when he was ten years old. That's how he got his name, Barristan the Bold. And he's fucking right. standing there. He's looking at fucking pissant fucking Joffrey, and it's just like, "I, I served the king. Like that—that's the only fucking life I know. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, right. What are we doing here? And." I forget which Kingsguard steps forward. Well, he gets, first of all, Barristan gets all pissed off and he rips off his cloak very much like. Right, right. Here. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah like and then fucking, fucking uh, he rips out his sword from his scabbard and he fucking says a boss on. He's like, even now at my age, I can cut through the rest of you like butter and just fucking throws his sword down and goes, 
have them melted with the rest of them and just walk right, out like right, a right. fucking <laughs> boss. You're like, yes. <laughs> so good. Hell yeah. So good. Unfortunately, Roy Detrice gave him a really like old man uh, voice in the books. Even now, I can cut through you like butter. <laughs> it's like, come on. Uh, well, you know, it's funny when we did the docket. Law and I did uh, Amadeus, and yeah. it turned out Roy Detrice is in Amadeus as oh, uh, right. Wolfgang's father. Oh, awesome! But, uh, had never seen him in anything else, but yeah. Nice little, nice little connective tissue. You know. Hell yeah. Oh, man. So I think I mentioned these guys before the Knights. The, uh, yes. Yeah, the twins. Walt. Something about the facial hair and the, the man bun does not really work for me with the gold cloak armor. Uh, right. <laughs> Seems like he should tighten that shit up a little. Can't deal with it. Uh, maybe grab yourself the, uh, you know, a, a nice uh, trimmer of some kind mm-hmm. and sort your shit out. Yeah, this doesn't go well. This was not a good plan. No, not at all. I mean, of all pe- so, <laughs> of all people that you need on your side. I just the worst way to deal with this, right? I mean, why the fuck would you leave her locked in a room like that J- just with time to, yeah. to bide? Yeah. You should be kissing her ass. Yeah. Should be the first person I I'd, I'd invite in and be like, "Hey, look, we got to sort this shit out." Right yeah, now. because when Allison has that conversation with her later, it's like this is too little too late. At this point, right. Rainey's is just like, "I just want to hear what this bitch has to say." Right. Now, here is where the argument for people who say their TVs need to be calibrated due to the darkness of the show, uh, that argument goes out the window. So if you see her her hair, right, and the way that, like, the sunlight is coming through the hair or where Amond is sitting in front of the fire, you have this really nice, crisp, highly detailed image where you can see everything and it looks great. Yeah. You, like... You need to light your scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. You need to light your scenes. I, I you, you can't tell me that just because you're in a castle, everything needs to be, you know, by candlelight and, you know, a dim flashlight of some kind. It's just not acceptable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not. Yeah. Govi light strips aren't the way to light a professional TV set. It's just not going to look great. And I think that's what they're using here. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell the difference in, like, these King's Landing scenes because a shot like that is 100% CGI, so it's whatever the fuck they make it. Dude, I gotta be honest. Some of these CGI scenes in daylight, these overhead shots, especially one towards the end, I thought it looked pretty bad. You can see where they definitely cut corners a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially at this point Aegon is just like 
he's doing whatever the fuck Aegon does, right? Yeah. Um, he doesn't give a fuck about being the king, Mm-mm. as far as I can tell. Doesn't really give a fuck about anything, right? I mean, no, no, kid, give a fuck. He's just all about those carnal pleasures. Mm. Although, what was I mean? We'll we'll get there at some point at the end of the show. What was your take on his like once they coordinate him, and you know he he turns around to the crowd. It, it almost seems like he's into it at that point. He's like, "Oh, I get it now, right?" It's like the, yeah, I'm the sure. Pool of power, right? Uh, right, right. I mean, if I would imagine almost anybody in that situation, <laughs> you realize the power that you now wield, and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that just becomes, oh, I'm I'm a god now. So great. yes, yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. You know. This purse lip, motherfucker. Oh, dude, I I I'm dying for a scene for him to go off. Okay, so so how would this work, right? Mm-hmm. So you have all of these families, and they're saying you have to pledge fealty. Yeah. Well, for the ones that don't, mm-hmm. do they just let them leave? I mean, um, no, they'll they'll probably take them somewhere. I'm going to imagine a lot of these dudes and females are the heads of their houses. So yeah. they'll probably just hostage them or ransom them. I mean, you know, yeah. go back to the no firstborn or whoever is left of, of their lineage, you know, and just go, look, they're defying the king. Do you want to defy the king? I don't think so. You know, right. pledge your fealty and then maybe we'll send him to the wall or something like that. Because that that would be their punishment, is to be, you know, not like Joffrey and just take their heads. There's, I mean, that's that's my point, though. So, yeah. so like, what the fuck do you have to gain other than you know standing on your morals inside the room, than just say, yeah, sure, we'll follow you, and then go home and be like, yo, we ain't following that shit. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, absolutely, yeah. I'm sure some. I mean, else it's clear that. Yeah, I'm sure that at the top, they it's it's been made clear that they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're overthrowing what what the king wanted. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, um, fuck. All right, yeah, I'll be right there. Like, yeah, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> it's the way he said it too. Uh, long live the king, in other words, and some other words. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. Yeah, like right here. Mind. Yes, for sure. Yeah, not great. It has kind of like a glow to it that just doesn't seem natural. The uh, the There's tiles, the the roofing shingles also look very flat in those shots. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's like uh, maybe an Xbox One cutscene kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Looks good for, for, for a video game, right? Looks great for yeah, a video exactly. game. It's great for like 15 seconds. How much do you want to see Aegon and Damon the Targaryen, the rogue prince, get after it? I think the whole show is like setting up to be to have this kind of confrontation. I hate this. I hate this whole shit. Because <clears throat> I don't know why, you know, by the end of this, 
you know, with the white worm and everything. I don't know why there's like this altruistic thing to include in episode nine. You know what I'm saying? Like, seems like an afterthought in a lot of ways. Yeah, I. <clears throat> oh, damn. <coughs> oh, I'm losing it. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Okay. Right, don't don't um, die until after this is over. I got a fucking show I'm to do. Sorry. sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know. Is is this uh, this is more just to? I, I don't know. I feel like this is just here to say, oh yeah, Egon's also like got a ton of bastards because of course he does. Sure. Which yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I don't want to. Fo- I don't want to spoil future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, that just made all the sense in the world. Okay, gotcha. I redact my former statement. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Just gonna take my horse and leave the castle. <laughs> I love that dude. It's I, the younger brother, who studies history and philosophy. It's I who trains with the sword and rides the largest dragon in the world. It's I who should be. Good conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Two of them coming from a similar perspective, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fucking line, dude. Sure. <laughs> I, I think that's. I'm pretty sure that's from the source material. That's that's fucking great. How about you're a drunken flea bottomer betting on these kids fighting to the death? Mm. You're dirty as fuck. Your last fucking bronze coin on uh, the kid with the sharp teeth. And you're drunk as fuck and you just turn around and you're just like, am I fucked up or is this guy talking to himself right now? (laughs) I just don't understand. I don't know how they get twins. I mean... On the one hand, you're just waiting to get the fuck out of here to get your bowl of brown and maybe get your rocks off with yeah, whatever yeah, coins yeah. you got left. Yep. And on the other, you're thinking, ah, did I eat those mushrooms? <laughs> fuck, this meat is strong. <laughs> they tell me not to mess with anything in the gods wood. I fucked around with the stuff in the gods wood. Now I'm here and fucking out. This dude is oh, fuck, so close, so close. Do you know who I am? Does that line ever work for anyone? It hasn't yet. I don't. I don't. I have not known any instance in, w- in which that was used, where someone's like, "Oh, oh, you're that person. And your dad is that." Oh, okay, got it. in that case, oh. cool. Yeah, come on. Oh, you're a you're Abe Froman. Oh. The Sausage King, the sausage of, king Chicago. of Chicago. Of oh, step right over here, sir. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to uh, <laughs> to not call him Sir Quentin Tarantino now. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> like, like, think about how fucked up this guy is. Oh yeah, he's got a club foot, 
And the one thing that gets him off is like two regular <laughs> feet. <laughs> and now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember ever seeing Tarantino with his shoes off. It is true. It is true. He could be a tall, club-footed <laughs> motherfucker, man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, poor Viserys. Uh, Viserys the Peaceful. Love so for him that, to do a sit-up like Mike Myers right now. Oh, yeah. Um... So the look that the embalmers have with that, I don't even know what you call it, that banner on their backs. Yeah, the Silent um, Sisters. Those those things, I've seen those in, in like RPG games and some fantasy uh, cartoons and things like that over the years. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was a really interesting look, but I never thought that it could look, um, I don't know, reasonable in live action. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the first time I've seen that, and it didn't look out of place to me. Hmm. That seems legitimate. Seems like she's legitimately bummed. Or is she just like, oh shit, you left me a fucking shitstorm to fucking deal with. Thanks. I get the sense from her portrayal that she actually does love him and has like affection for him. I gotta agree, man. Um, I think I think she's starting to become one of my favorites just because of how Olivia Cook is playing it. Like you really, I don't know. I'm pulled in by her. Like I'm I'm balancing both of these sides, you know. And I want to do the right thing, but at the same time, I can't really stop my ambition either, you know. Well, I think a conversation that's going to be coming up in a minute or two here when she's talking to her father and she's saying like, you know, you've played this, you've played me this whole time. Like, sure. I've, I've been a pawn on the board for you and it's been played brilliantly. And from now on, you know, Aegon's going to do what I tell him to. It's my, my word going forward kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that does a lot to give you some sympathy for her character that I'm not saying I didn't have it before, but it certainly is upped a little bit now. Yeah. 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 She's wrong though, because her, I mean, Rhaenyra and Damon have kids, right? Right. She's like, Rhaenyra's heirs aren't yours. I mean, her kids with Damon are blood with Rhaenys. So she missed yeah. that lesson, I guess. She didn't pay attention that day. Right. She didn't have that on her fucking chart. Oh, that fucking confusing ass chart. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Reminds me of something. Did, did you end up watching Dark Dawn. Show? I did not see the entire first season. Okay. Um, I okay. did watch it. I, I I really dug the concept. Yeah. I, I couldn't get over. I want. I didn't want to do dubs. Basically, what yeah, it, that's what you. it came yeah. down to. So, um, this might be like a small spoiler for Dark. I don't think it's enough to like spoil the experience of watching the show. So, anybody who doesn't want to hear about this, maybe fast forward for five minutes. But, um, one of the things in Dark that you start understanding as the show goes on is that everybody in that show has like a familial tie somewhere and 
it starts getting more and more and more and more and more complicated and a deeper of, of a knot essentially that everybody's kind of tied into mm-hmm. because of the sci-fi elements of the show hmm. and like what happens with that stuff. But it reminds me a little bit, or, or at least talking about like the Targaryen family tree reminds me a little bit of the family tree in dark, because if you, <laughs> you get to the end of that show and then people have tried to map out what the family tree looks like. And it's just, it's fucking bonkers. <laughs> insanity. You know, because of all the fucking time travel shit. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's in fucking scene. <laughs> I really like the actress playing Rainey's too. She's pretty good. I gotta say, man, I think the casting has been really solid pretty much all over the place here. Mm-hmm. Even after the time jump, I I know we were kind of weirded out by it at first, but I, I think the choices were, were good. The performances have been good. It's definitely awkward at first, but I don't know. Nobody nobody has really, like, stood out as, as bad right. anywhere mm-hmm. here. I mean, I think in the first season of Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark wasn't like that great of an actress. Now she finishes the season, not that great of an actress, but she's better right. than what she started out the show to be. And she yeah. might be like the one actor in it that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. But, um, you know, she winds up doing better. So yeah, they're just, they just nail it with the casting. It's like the idea that you have to be the, the way to be incognito in this world is just to fucking throw a hood over your head. Dude, the whole time Princess Rainey's is, is walking through the crowd, I just kept thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, that's right. Like, she just needs to cover her hair because nobody knows what the fuck <laughs> yeah. she looks like. Yeah. Dude, how nice would that be? Yeah, seriously. Because fucking auto like, walking around, you're like, that's the, you're like, that's the hand right there. If you're any fucking, you know, bottom dweller in flea bottom, you're just like, that's the hand. I, yeah, I see his face. That exactly. high high tower motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's him. That's him with the beard. Yeah, it's just like oh, oh, shit. <laughs> with the beard. That's him. <laughs> I got one Eric going this way, one Eric going that way. Me in the middle going. What do you want from me? Yeah. He does these impressions. You'd swear it was the real thing. <laughs> No, I thought you said you were okay, White Worm. <laughs> Could actually use the spider, but we're not watching Game of Thrones right now, so. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We're all good. We're all good. There is no power. She looks familiar to me. I just don't know what from. It could just be like, you know, vaguely Mediterranean looking. Prostitute character looks the same in a lot of different shows. Oh yeah, my favorite characters. She actually kind of <laughs> looks like one of the <laughs> one of the sand snakes. She reminds me of one of the sand. Oh, snakes. Maybe that's it. This shit is fucking. I I love the inside of this man. Great mm. set of Baylor with all the seven faces of the gods. It's fucking awesome. Now I believe this is shot on the volume, and you can kind of tell. So obviously okay. three hundred sixty degrees set, uh-huh. but. If you look, you can kind of see where, like, there are a couple of pillars 
around the space they give it a little bit of like 3d motion like that candelabra right there and stuff mm -hmm. but behind it looks very smooth yet it's definitely cgi created um mm -hmm. when they use the volume and they use it like this it can be very good you know yeah it's the right way to do it i want to get back to that but when they first pulled him out i'm like this looks like a a, a platinum haired hobbit i don't oh, know yeah. if it's the haircut it's definitely the cloak right because they, they they have the hobbits have the cloaks tied around mm -hmm. their neck but god damn it did it make me fucking think of hobbiton in the shire mm. okay this confused me so oh that looks bad the hand sent the twins to mm -hmm. get Aegon. Yep. And Kristen and Aemond were sent by the Queen to get him. Mm -hmm. So what was Otto's plan if he had gotten his hands on Aegon first? I would think just to bring him back to the castle. I think both my... of these parties yeah. have the same objective. Yeah. To bring him, but they they don't know that they're on the same mission. That seems odd to me. Yeah. Like, why would... I, I guess this, this conflict just felt, like, artificial, and I, I didn't really understand the motivations on either side. There's... I think there's a larger reason at play for it, and I don't... They didn't make that reason apparent at the end of this episode, so I don't oh, want to okay. spoil it. Okay, gotcha. There's a character in in uh, what is it called? The Mystery Night, which is the third Duncan Egg novella. Okay. And uh, Aegon and Aemond remind me of two of the major players in that. I don't want to spoil that story, but basically, there is a character who is like the heir apparent, and he wants nothing to do with it. I think mm. he's called John the drunk or something like that. And that's all he does. He just gets fucked up. He hangs out in brothels and he just wants <laughs> nothing to, to do with ruling. I'll be it. I get it. I get it. A charming contest. Tries a <coughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I almost died. No, it's fine. What? Who's saying this? I can't say anything. <laughs> it's my fucking point, dude. Like, <laughs> you should still be able to see some features in that two shot. I would love to see a comparison of like the raw image in the camera. Because I have a feeling, I'm telling you, I think there's a disconnect. I have a feeling that what they're producing when they're in the editing bay uh -huh. looks like 30% clearer than this does. Okay, so I, I do want to, yeah, like I mentioned, I wanted to go back to that, something you said, which I kind of don't understand. What do you mean by they shot it on volume? What does that mean? Oh, 
Oh, the volume. So the volume is the um, 360-degree green screen parallax technology. Okay, gotcha. That Disney pioneered with uh, The Mandalorian. Ah, and now, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like all the Marvel movies are using, but but the Batman actually used. They, they built one of their own. Mm-hmm. And um, Game of Thrones, uh, or House of the Dragon, they said after, uh, I think it was that second episode where... Um, Damon was at Dragonstone and Rhaenyra mm-hmm. shows up on the dragon and they're on the bridge there. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that that was shot on a volume. So that's, that's oh, shit. yeah, that's just the, the soundstage that they have. So I, I know nice. they've been using it this season. I was just trying to kind of see where, where and when, you know. Nice, nice. Yeah, there's a great, uh, it, it, even if you're not a big fan of The Mandalorian, there's there's an episode of that uh, Making of The Mandalorian series. Mm-hmm. I think it's I remember seeing Behind that. the Mandalorian, whatever yeah, it is. Now I remember seeing it. But... Yeah, that shit. That, that shit's fucking incredible. We do get our first look at the sword Blackfire, which is the, the ancestral yeah, Targaryen sword. I remember... You have mentioned that sword to me when we've gone back and forth about like theorizing and shit, and uh, I, I remember the name coming up in conversation. So when they mention it here, I was just like, "Oh mm-hmm. fuck!" I, I remember hearing about that. Okay, time, time to pay attention. Yeah. Now, if the listeners and even you, to a certain extent, because I guess you're listening, <laughs> that was stupid. Um, mm. Think this is kind of complicated with all the different players involved. Oh, hey, Tarantino. There's a, another, like, lineage conflict called the Blackfire Rebellions. I don't hmm. know if that triggers your memory from the books or not. Yes. But, um, yep. That happens with Aegon IV, who was called Aegon the Unworthy, because he just wound up having, I think, like, nine, nine or ten paramours and having all these kids. So he was, like... Kind of a proto Robert, Big Bobby B, but like, okay. wh- but less charming, way just more slovenly, l- way less charming than Bobby. But um, on his deathbed, he wound up legitimizing all of his bastards, which created this whole fucking rebellion that went on four or five times. I mean, it's kind of a theory but there's a maybe a blackfire rebellion in the in the novels in the song of fights and fire novels mm-hmm. and um that gets pretty fucking complicated at that point too so it's actually some of my favorite shit in the whole in the entire series yeah sorry i'm just glued to this uh performance here yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> He's glued to her fucking feet. He just looked up for the first time in three minutes. Uh, This guy. This fucking guy. She looks like she has an ankle tat right there. I was confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so deep. (laughs) I'm sorry, Grace. Are you you, uh, about a size seven? I thought so. Look at him. <laughs> he scrapes down. Look at him. Dude, my boy is he's hard like, as fuck right now. He, he, he's almost like scared, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I also 
think that's interesting, you Grace. I have a club foot, and it's the only thing that gets me off. So, uh, you know. I, 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 I just know. I, I, I have a thing. I, I'm just. I'm working through it. You know. <laughs> why did Why did he turn into Woody Allen there? I don't know. I just. You gotta. You gotta. You take the shoes off and just. I. I I'll, you know. You don't have to look at me. I, I won't look at you. I'll just. You know. We'll move on. We'll move on. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like what? There's fucking zippers at Westeros. Get out of here. I have a wank, you Grace. It's all right. So I have a bit of wank while you look away. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. It just looks terrible. It just cuts to that. Ugh. I mean, what the fuck are you eating, dude? Just like tasteless gravy on a piece of wheat bread? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Look, there ain't nothing wrong with a, with mopping up a bit of sauce or a bit of gravy on your plate with a piece of bread. Not at all. What he was doing and what he was eating was not it, though. It wasn't bread or, or sauce, really. All around me are familiar faces. <laughs> I, that's all I thought of fucking watching the scene. That's where she decides it, huh? I love it. Okay, so that's one of the Eric's. Yep. Never mind. Come with me. So I don't want to spoil too much, but that is one of the Eric's. And he has a white cloak. There's Balerion, the Black Dread. Mm. Which is a fucking nice setup. They didn't have that setup for for the Black Dread in Game of Thrones when we see him. It was dilapidated. That's yeah, bullshit. Serves. I guess it's high time for the Targaryens. Where are we? I don't know. It's so smoky and dark, I can't see anything. <laughs> You know, thematically, it, this has got me thinking a little bit. So, so Rainy stops and she, you know, looks upon the uh, the ancient dragon's skull yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're reminded that the the Targaryens and, and the Valerians are the ones who, yeah, maybe not control, but like live with dragons. You know, are able to manipulate or or harness their power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the dragons are nature, right? So you you would lean then that Martin is saying that the Targaryens and the Valerians are a more natural people of this land? I mean, it seems that way, right? Not of Westeros. Of okay. Valyria, they would be. Okay. And that's kind of where the... All the dragon people, all the dragon lords were all in Valyria before the Doom. And the Targaryens weren't even, like, one of the top families. They were kind of like shit on, I think. Yeah. And they were just smart enough to have an outpost from Valyria, and that outpost was Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. So that's how they were able to, like, survive the Doom, is that 
one, one of the Targs, ancient Targs, had a... There's always some fucking prophet and seer and fucking different yeah. variants, but saw the doom coming, and Aegon and his sisters were smart enough to leave Valyria and just post it up on Dragonstone. Um, but yeah, they they did have, and that is nature. It is nature, right? Like it is nature for Valyria. But like when it came to Westeros, it's just like fucking. These are just like these demon gods. They were freaked out. Gotcha. So little column A, little column B. <laughs> That's not true. No, no, no. He, no, no. He said that though. <laughs> he definitely said that. Yeah, Aegon's a king that you just kind of don't like feel anything for. I don't. I don't think you're supposed to, right? I mean, he, he's. He doesn't want it. We haven't spent a lot of time with him, so we don't really get inside his head all that much. But, like, right now is probably the most we see of, like, his true self. Well, it's almost like without a time jump, Mm -hmm. I feel like he's being set up to get killed pretty quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. Or at least be taken off the board pretty quickly. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, things are going to get quite messy. Mm. just don't know why they keep on bringing up this fucking dagger. Well, that's the uh, that's the one Arya used to kill the Night's King, isn't it? You get it? Do you get it? Um, I think... But do you, do you, do you get that? I might need another episode, actually. Killed so many white people. <laughs> so right, Law. In more ways than one. <laughs> That's a sweet-ass litter. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing very noticeable when you have a cloak on. Mm. How fucking tall is Rainey's hair? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically got like a, like a, I don't know, a slightly protruding cone head situation going on there. It's got one of those elongated alien heads. Yeah. Xenomorph or something. Exactly. So I definitely like yeah, this, seeing this. Sorry, real quick. This looks a little strange, doesn't it? It does. It does it's shot a wise. blurry. It's, uh, it's just not, like it's, this is so like foggy and... Yeah, you throw the fog in uh, there to get people off the scent. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. But I now, now knowing what happens, I like uh, kind of her her face just a second ago, realizing like, oh, I'll just I'm just gonna walk up here real sure. quick. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess the thing that's going to be most interesting to me is... So, Rhaenyra is headstrong, but based off of the events of last episode, I think that you could have made an argument that she and Allison seem to be mending their relationship, right? Seems so, uh, On yeah. some level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let bygones be bygones kind of thing. Um... 
you know, no matter how you slice it here, uh, Viserys' wish was for Rhaenyra to be the queen. Mm-hmm. Alicent makes a different choice. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what was so, outside of just the grab for power, what everybody was so afraid of if Rhaenyra was to be the queen and be the ruler, you know? Like, right. what? too headstrong or too erratic, don't want to let a woman in charge, that probably has more to do with it than anything. I, yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's that solely. Mm-hmm. I, and I actually kind of like that they kept the audience in the dark of whether or not Viserys actually said that to Alicent. You know what I mean? Because they easily could have included a scene of that. Sure. But the fact that they don't makes us part of the people that might be skeptical of those, like that order from Viserys, you know? Right. It's actually a really tasteful way to do it, too, because Mm -hmm. Alicent has been... I, I don't know. You, you can't really call her dishonest. Right. I mean, she's acted out of self-interest and, and you know, uh, headstrong. And, but so does everybody in this world, right? Exactly. Like, she's, yeah. she's not really a... I mean, I, I don't buy... I don't know. I, I don't see her as a liar up to this point, so... <laughs> it is the saddest day. But it's also the best <laughs> That's a fucking great point. <laughs> Our good King Viserys is no more. But fuck that motherfucker. I mean, we got his son. He's a new we one got approved. the new new Version. son. Pull the fuck up here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for this coronation scene. I've... I've I like the attention to detail, like putting the crown on his head and his like turn to the this kid does a great fucking job of uh, just realizing what this means. Like it all becomes it's so real to me. It's it it becomes really real to him of like what all of this means. It's not just a fucking game. It's not just a joke. It's not a I mean, who knows how he's going to take it, but. There is some kind of realization on his face once he turns. And I and I really, really dig that. I just, I just like being in these buildings that fucking I've read about for fucking 10 years, too. Being able to see him. I can imagine, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go get some popcorn. Don't mind me. <laughs> I'm going to the loo. Juju beans. They have juju beans here, right? Juju, juju beans. Now, I do think we'll get more of the sister in the next season. I think her name's Helena. Hmm. Dude, Kristen Cole, just talk about failing upwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> We've all worked with those motherfuckers, haven't we? <laughs> this dude's just right place, right time, yep. and now he's fucking at the coronation ceremony for the new king. Yep. Fucking A, man. Good for you, dude. And all he had to <laughs> do was... To... He had to forget his vows for one second, 
That's what I'm saying. And then, like, like to, one night, regretfully fucked the princess because she wanted him to, and, and everything he, else just—he gets everything. He felt horrible about it too. He's like, "Oh right. my god, I went against my sworn duty. You know, I swore to the seven. And then the fucking yeah. queen comes around. And is just like, "Now nah, you're gonna be my my homie. Now you're gonna do everything I say because didn't 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 she fuck you over? Like she's a bitch, right? And he's like, "Yes." Right. And then now. He's Lord Commander. Right. <laughs> he's just like permanently in the friend zone forever. See, he just seems like very apathetic here. Just like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then turns around and I don't know. He fucking changes me a bit on his character. Hmm. Just because of all the facial expressions. he. I don't know. He delivers, I guess. Own it and see yeah, like, little. He's like, okay. Very nervous. Huh? huh? What? What? Right. I get used to that. He's like, oh, fuck. I didn't have to say anything, and I'm fucking killing right now. God damn, I'm killing. I got this whole room on my side. You know what I have? I have fucking stage presence, bro. That's what I fucking have right now. That's what I got fucking mm-hmm. going for me. He's like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, um, Targaryen! Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do the whole time. Like they got a fan going on and look at his fucking hairs all over the place. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's just beaming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great shot. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I'm crushing on Olivia Cook a little bit. Uh, Look at this I get that. Shit. All right, never mind. Hold on. Crushing yeah. on Maylis, the dragon. <laughs> Look at this shit. There's one guy in particular who just gets fucked up by a center. Boom! Right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other guy that gets thrown. Oh, they're yep. fucked, dude. <laughs> now, you live in Flea Bottom. Now, it's poor as fuck. You're poor as fuck. But, like, location, location, location. You are close to the Great Sept of Baylor when there's a giant event as coronating the new king. You're like, I'm right there. I can fucking get there. And the last thought you have as a fucking cinder block takes you right in the dome is, I didn't even have to buy a ticket, and I fucking ended up getting a cinder block to the dome. It was <laughs> fucked up. Fuck my I luck. I mean, parking, parking's never a concern. Okay. You know, walking distance to the stadium, that's key. Uh, you know, tailgating is always an option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess also being impaled by, like, the tail of a dragon is, is you know, it's, it's an <laughs> occupational hazard, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Rainey's right here, too, like, hey, what's up, guys? Check mm. out my pink armor. <laughs> what? Why? Where the fuck did you get this silly-ass armor at? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> She sounds like Pug. <laughs> I got similar armor, guys. Oh, yeah. I do love Allison stepping in front of Aegon, though. Like, that is... That's some fucking power right there. I mean, just like devotion to your kids and shit. That's respectable, I guess. Yeah. 
Dragon breath. I'm telling you, dude, at the right angle, she is fucking Johnny Depp in Sleepy Hollow. I'm telling you. I love that movie, and uh, maybe that's why I'm crushing on her. So She's got the same facial expressions. It's fucking weird. How many people just got fucking eviscerated when that dragon just slid its foot on the way out? Like, Absolutely. fuck. By the way, um, okay, so two things. Didn't like that fade to black because they usually don't do that a lot. <clears throat> right. Now, this director, I think her name is Claire uh, something, but she's directed a few other House of the Dragon episodes, but I felt like this mm-hmm. one was different. It just felt different. You know what I mean? Like, the pacing seemed different. It, Again, just seemed very soap opera-ish to me. Um, yeah, um, I think part of that has to do with the fact that no Rhaenyra, no Damon. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it's very focused on, like, inner workings of the mechanics inside of the royal family. And, and there's kind of no break know. there, right? Where you go right. from one set of characters to another set. Of, yeah, that's a good point. Right, so maybe that's part of it. But The other thing that bothered me at the end was the perspective of Maylis was all off. Like, I felt like when Rhaenyra takes off and goes through the doors, that whole doorway should have been fucked. Oh, the size? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I thought that was fucked up, too. I, I, I didn't... I, I, I don't know. You don't get a good pr- perspective on it in right. that scene. Like, mm-hmm. it's... it's it's not easy to tell, like, I don't know, how, how big it should be. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But you're right. You're, you're definitely on with that. Oh, man. So we got one more episode. How did, I mean, let's see. What do we have? So Ned Stark gets his head cut off. Right. In the Steely Dan episode of season one. I can't imagine people are listening to this without having seen Game of Thrones. So if you got spoiled, I'm sorry. That's dark. It's his fucking head cut off. I mean, that's on you. you, can't, you know. That was a huge moment, man. That was such a fucking huge moment. And this seemed, this is a big episode where I think we have more of an understanding of the divided lines because we did spend more time on the green side. And I suspect we're going to spend more time on the, the, the black side in the season finale. I yeah. don't know. What, what do you think about that? It makes some sense to me. Um, you know, fallout from this decision, the fact that, I mean, just in terms of like family, you know, a daughter wasn't allowed to go to her father's funeral. That 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 seems pretty fucked up, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. So I can definitely see that being a problem. Um, yeah, it just, I don't, I don't know. It, it, I'm very anxious to see this final episode. I, and I have to say, like, even going into this finale, like mm-hmm. this show's done a great job of hooking me. And, and I have to tell you, I did not, I said this at the beginning, but like, I didn't expect to be into this show. It felt like a cash grab to me. It felt like, uh, you know, who the fuck cares after how poorly Thrones ended and, you know, arguably the last couple seasons were a little rough. Um, I, I think they've done a really good job of, of giving me a reason to tune in, giving me a reason to give a shit about this story. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see where, where it takes us, you know? Yeah. 
where where would you like that final episode to be or, or to end or what would you like the final what are you looking for in the final episode I think clearly delineated battle lines with a promise that season two is is going to be something a bit different than this season was. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing to make this show stand out from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already played with the format. They've played with the timeline. I, I like that. But one thing that Thrones hasn't done yet is have... Uh, I don't know, an extended period of time within a battle or a war of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like there were there were conflicts and there were fights and there were big moments in Thrones. But I'm I'm always a sucker for stories that are, are like real time stories, you know, or uh, you know, we, we all love like single location movies, right? Like the yes. thing or yeah, yeah, good point. the raid and stuff like that. Yeah. I would love to see a franchise like this one do something within the confines of maybe like a great war mm-hmm. or, or battle or something and just focus on, you know, if the dance of the dragons is this conflict, I don't know what it entails, but if there's a great battle during that, spend a, an episode or two building to that and then live in that conflict for like six, seven episodes and then have some fallout from it, you know, like mm-hmm. really get into the minutia of, the moving pieces, if the story calls for it or, or whatever, you know, but something that would be an interesting approximation of, of either single location or like told in real time kind of thing, I think could be really cool. Um, Something like that. I, I I do think we're going to get that. I think by the end of this first season, the next episode, we're going to have very clearly divided lines. We're going to know at the end of, season one of game of thrones and the second season, the first episode, like we know the dividing lines. We know that the Lannisters are the bads. They're fucking in power. We know the Starks. It's basically Starks first Lannisters at that point. We don't not even like thinking about the white walkers as the existential threat that it winds up being. Yeah. I think we're going to have that. I think we're going to have a very clear path uh, to dividing lines and the, you know, the as far as like the game board of like where everybody mm-hmm. stands. I, th- I think we're yeah. definitely going to have that, a better idea of that by the end of next episode. Excellent. And Excellent. I think, um, I don't know. So we're going to have a break. I mean, after the first season. Are you at all interested in maybe reading the source material before, like, we get to the second season or no? I, you know, I think it's going to depend on the finale for me. Um, just how, how much I'm going to be, like, chomping at the bit to know what happens next. So I think if the finale is really strong... I may be motivated to go and check out the source material. And if we, if it is, I'll, I'll definitely do that before next year. So I can at least get current with what's out there and mm-hmm. maybe come to the next season with, uh, you know, a little bit better background knowledge, but maybe a little more prepared, a little, little, right. little more homework to do, you know? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I, I felt like, um, I mean, that's basically what I did at the, at the end of season one of Game of Thrones, I was like, I got to fucking read these books. Holy fuck, there's five of them? All right, let's, let's fucking go. 
let's go. Yeah. And it's just wound up timing out because by the time I got to, you know, the Battle of the Blackwater in season two of Game of Thrones, I was just finishing up the second book. Okay. So like almost in fucking real time, I was able to see the the you know what what fucking Martin was putting down in his books as far as like how graphically like effective his writing was with describing the battle of the Blackwater, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just it's, it's still one of my favorite fucking episodes of TV ever, so uh yeah. Yeah, I mean it it made the experience way better for me and the fact that this story ends you and it has a definitive end you know you might have a leg up as far as that goes in comparison all right all right my one um argument to uh read the source material okay that's gonna do it for this week's commentary thank you for joining us we will see you guys next week with the season finale 708-406-9546 is the voicemail number to call into the binge cast. We will answer it on the binge cast and uh, probably farts over it and make fun of you. And it's no fault of our own. It's just what the binge media doctrine says. So we we just have to do it. I mean, if it's anybody's fault, it's the caller's fault. Let's be honest. Yeah, just be better. Hey, be better. You know, you can do better. Sorry. Got really annoyed at social media today. Okay, speaking of social media, Facebook, Instagram, we are doing the 31 horror movie commentaries for October. Patreon.com slash binge media for the full binge. Five bucks a month gets you a lot of stuff, so just fucking do it. Okay, Jack, we'll see you next week. See you! Do it! You've been listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network at BingeMedia.net. Support the show by donating on Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Yay. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yay. And don't forget... Shut up! I'm wasted. I'm alive.